This podcast is a presentation of UCTV.TV, University of California Television. Like what you learn? Help others discover UCTV podcasts by leaving a comment or rating in iTunes. Good morning and good afternoon for those of you um, in Mexico and the, and the East Coast. My name is Richard Kai, and I'm the president and CEO of the Institute of the Americas based in La Jolla, California, on the campus of UC San Diego. On behalf of the Institute, I'm pleased to welcome you to today's virtual presentation on our newly released policy white paper entitled Clean Energy Cost Savings, a study of Mexico's Federal Electricity Commission CFE. Our study is co-authored by two respected Mexican experts in in the country's energy sector, Francisco Salazar and Francisco Barnes. Published in English, the study provides a fact-based economic analysis of Mexico's current policies and regulations, providing an assessment of the impacts both in terms of CFE's financial outlook as well as their emissions profile. The Institute's study is timely because if Mexico's proposed constitutional energy reforms are ultimately approved by the Mexican Congress, it will result in major restructuring of the country's electric sector and its energy markets. Here, the impacts will not be limited to Mexican ratepayers. If the reforms are approved, it will serve to disincentivize investment in renewable energy, in particular wind and solar. But not just for Mexican companies, it will also impact U.S. and Canadian companies, as well as those from third countries. Also, the proposed reforms will be a clear violation of the USMCA, so the issue warrants further discussion when President Biden and President López Obrador and Canadian Prime Minister Trudeau meet today in Washington for the North American Leaders Summit. Additionally, since there's the potential for rising CFE energy costs that could be passed on to the consumer, the issue is likely to be of interest of many Mexican Americans and migrants here in the United States that regularly send money to their families back home in Mexico. Higher energy costs could mean that migrants on this side of the border may end up with greater out-of-pocket expenses to help their struggling families in Mexico cover that gap. At this time, I am pleased to introduce Jeremy Martin, the Vice President of the Institute of the Americas Energy and Sustainability Program, who will introduce our two co-authors and moderate today's session. Jeremy, go ahead and take it away. Well, thank you, Richard. We definitely uh, are very pleased to be able to launch this report today, as Richard just noted. Uh, It's an important analysis of clean energy in Mexico and its state-owned power company, CFE. Um, We'll get into exactly some of the uh, items and issues that Richard highlighted in terms of cost savings and environmental impacts that have been uh, actually avoided because of clean energy generation in Mexico. Um, So, uh, again, uh, Richard mentioned, I think it's uh, it's no secret that the leaders of Mexico, Canada and the United States are meeting in Washington, D.C. A few of you might have heard that or maybe you've seen some news. Uh, The good news, I would say, is uh, energy probably won't be so contentious today because the leaders will have to debate the soccer matches of the last week or so. So fortunately, thanks to those results on the pitch, energy may not be such the contentious issue that otherwise would have been. But joking aside, uh, there's no doubt about the role of energy, uh, competitiveness of the North American uh, market, competitiveness of Mexico itself economic relationships, of course, what Richard highlighted in terms of the USMCA free trade agreement. There's a host of those issues. It's a major sector for investment across uh, all three countries, and and that is something we want to talk a little bit about as well. Richard highlighted that this is an economic study. It's factual, it's rigorous, uh, and it's an assessment uh, in facts of what the impacts are 
and, and we'll share with you the exact details of that. And our authors have, have gone to excruciating detail to highlight just exactly the extent of the, the cost savings and the avoided cost and the avoided emissions. Um, and of course, we, we meet today not uh, long after the Glasgow summit ended and the gavel came down last weekend um, on the UN climate uh, pact, the Glasgow pact, I guess is what we'll call it now, and just exactly what that means in terms of emissions and how Mexico continues to perhaps uh, be a relevant player or not in the international climate debate and construct. Um, finally, I think it, it also bears mentioning not just in Mexico, not just in North America, but globally, this is a particularly contentious moment for the world of energy and the energy sector. Uh, the debates around energy security vis-a-vis -vis climate action how countries uh, develop and pursue a sustainable path, how countries pursue uh, energy security for their citizens at the same time of, of confronting and managing climate, uh, what's the most sustainable course. And I wanna emphasize to wrap up here that we know and we understand that these are absolutely sovereign questions in debates that are domestic uh, at, at the end of the day. They are debates around what the sovereign and what the governments of, of individual countries choose and decide given the political will and the support of their populations. But at the same token, we believe, and that's why we're so delighted to have this report presented today, that we believe in the informed and, and, and fact-based debate um, and one that we think in Mexico needs more of an informed and fact-based debate around these critical topics. And so with that, let me formally turn it over and introduce my colleague actually here at the Institute of the Americas, Francisco Javier Salazar. He's non-resident fellow at the Institute of the Americas, former chairman of the Energy Regulatory Commission, CRAE in Mexico. Uh, I first met Paco Salazar when he was the head of the lower house in the Mexican Congress, when he was chairing the, not head of the lower house, excuse me, head of the lower house energy committee. And he was chairing the energy committee in the lower house of the Mexican Congress. And Paco Salazar, excuse me, Paco Barnes. This is the two Pacos. We, uh, you should have heard some of our prep meetings, uh, trying to make sure we kept it all straight. But Paco Barnes, Francisco Barnes, is another uh, dear friend, former Cray commissioner, former deputy secretary of energy in Mexico, and also, and it bears mentioning here, the former rector, the former president of the National Autonomous University of Mexico. UNAM, uh, and somebody who I've also known for many years and has been a distinguished thought leader in the Mexican energy and regulatory space for decades. Um, together, and I don't hope they don't mind me saying this, together they have over 50 years, uh, probably more, but uh, we'll, we'll call it over 50 years of experience and knowledge that they'll share with us uh, today. So without any further ado, let me turn it over to Francisco Salazar, my colleague and non-resident fellow at the Institute who will lead us through exactly what the paper uh, sets forth in terms of the cost savings. Paco Salazar, over to you. Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you very much. And uh, it's a pleasure uh, to be here today uh, sharing with you uh, this uh, research that Paco Barnes and myself uh, have done during the past uh, months. And um, I think it is important. It's a, it's a research that uh, deals with uh, very contentious issue uh, recently in Mexico since the uh, new administration uh, took over in uh, by the end of uh, 2018, uh, they started criticizing uh, renewable energy within the electricity sector. And um, one of their major arguments is that the renewables are, uh, are not cheap, that they're very expensive and that uh, they had also uh, some other technical problems. But uh, uh, 
a big part of the debate was related to the cost. So uh, what Paco Barnes and myself uh, did was uh, we tried to uh, really get into the uh, details of the uh, different cost of uh, different technologies used by CFB uh, with the purpose of uh, comparing uh, what uh, were the real cost, the real uh, the variable cost of the different technologies. And what we found is that uh, CFE really has a lot of savings when they use uh, renewable energy. So how did we uh, uh, perform this research and how did we arrive to this conclusion? Well, basically the way we did this is uh, we started uh, using uh, basically uh, some of the uh, information that CFE itself has. And uh, uh, to do that, uh, to, to calculate the variable cost of the different technologies, we use uh, for uh, uh, the thermal technologies, uh, we use basically the thermal efficiencies of uh, the different plants uh, within CFE fleet, uh, generation fleet. So uh, basically we, we uh, had uh, information regarding the efficiency of the different technologies and um, also uh, with that with that uh, information what we basically did is uh, we calculated the uh, heat rate for the different technologies uh, using the heat rate is very useful because um, when you have that information and when you have the price uh, of the different uh, fuels that you use uh, under the different uh, generation technologies, what you, you can have is the variable cost of, of, uh, of uh, these uh, technologies. On top of that, of course, you have to add the, um, the operation and maintenance cost. So basically what we did is uh, 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 to calculate what was uh, the different cost of uh, these technologies. So what you, you can see here in this slide is the result of that. Basically, uh, no surprise, uh, the combined cycle using natural gas is a uh, technology or is a uh, technology that costs the less, basically has the lowest uh, cost. And of course, uh, using a gas turbine with uh, diesel is very, very expensive. If you use instead fuel oil, you will be very expensive, but not as expensive as, as with, uh, with the diesel. So basically, this is a uh, uh, a calculation of the different variable uh, generation costs for different technologies. Again, this is uh, pretty straightforward. It's just a matter of finding what was the efficiency, uh, converting that uh, uh, by calculating the reciprocal value of the of these efficiencies, uh, calculating the heat rate, and then multiplying that by the different uh, uh, cost of the, of the fuels. When we did uh, this was uh, a couple of months ago, of course, uh, now with the price of gas going up, uh, the, the cost of uh, the, uh, the variable cost of gas uh, can be a little bit higher than that. But I think it's, it's, it's a good number we can still use for comparison uh, purposes. So after that, basically what we did is uh, we compare that with the, with the rates that are approved by the Energy Regulatory Commission. Uh, the rates that are calculated by CRE basically are the result of an analysis of the uh, contracts that CFE uh, basic supply has with uh, other CFE uh, uh, subsidiaries with their uh, generation, uh, with the generation companies, with CFE Genco's, and also with the private uh, companies uh, that they buy energy from. And basically what they do is... Um, they calculate the costs of uh, 
supplying uh, the customers and based on the allocation of, uh, of these costs to different kinds of users, uh, they, they, they have a calculus for uh, the rates every month. So what we did is we tried to compare uh, what were these variable costs against the uh, rates. And uh, to do that, uh, basically we chose uh, the rates for uh, basically the typical rates that could be used by, uh, by industry. And also, uh, of course, the, the rates vary uh, depending on, on the region of the country where you're located at. So what we did for this purpose is we, we chose uh, three regions. We chose uh, the Bahia region, which uh, it's a good, uh, it's a, it's a good uh, representative case of uh, most of the country. But uh, we also used uh, uh, the Yucatan Peninsula as one case to analysis and to study. And uh, I won't talk about uh, the other case uh, uh, right now, but I will do it at the end of the presentation, uh, the Baja California Peninsula as well. So what you can see here in this slide is that um, when, when you generate with fossil fuels, there are some times when, when you do not recover all those costs, uh, particularly if you use uh, fuel oil. We didn't include uh, diesel because it's even worse, but uh, when, when, when you use fuel oil, there are uh, times when you cannot uh, recover your costs. So it's very, expons very expensive to generate with fuel oil. Uh, you lose money or CFE loses, loses money when they generate with fuel oil. And unfortunately, fuel oil is the kind of fuel that they are being uh, trying to push. This administration has been pushing very strongly. And that is for the Bajio case. And when you go to the Yucatan case, uh, it's even worse. Uh, and, and then in, in there in Yucatan, you use uh, a lot of uh, diesel because uh, you, you don't have all the, the fuel oil. And uh, for combined cycle plants, you cannot use fuel oil. Sometimes you have to use diesel, but uh, you cannot use fuel oil. So as you can see here, uh, using fossil fuels represents uh, a big loss for CFE uh, during some uh, time of the day. Uh, because of uh, they, they cannot recover uh, the cost uh, with the appropriate spot by Craig. So finally, what we did is we compared those uh, variable costs uh, with uh, the cost of the long-term auctions. Uh, the long-term auctions uh, that uh, were uh, performed during the past administration were really successful in terms of obtaining or, or getting very low prices. So what you can see here is that when you compare the results of those long-term auctions, uh, the I mean the, the the energy cost plus the cost of the uh, clean energy certificate, and you compare that with the variable cost of the different uh, uh, gener uh, uh, generation plants that CFE has uh, using the different uh, fuels, uh, those long-term auctions are really competitive. As a matter of fact, what you can see here is that uh, the the cost of the uh, third long-term auction is the lowest cost for CFE. So CFE really benefits from uh, using uh, these long-term auctions. Unfortunately, this administration decided uh, to stop them, not to continue with them. And that is a pity because uh, as you can see, CFE would save a lot of money. Even when you compare the, the variable cost of a combined cycle using natural gas, which is uh, 
uh, typically the lowest cost you can find uh, or you could find in, in the past because uh, technology is changing and uh, this is something that it's changing right now. What you can see is the, uh, that the uh, auctions were really, really competitive. Even the, even the first auction uh, that was uh, not as competitive as the third is very competitive. Uh, it's uh, it, even more competitive than uh, natural gas on open cycles, on, uh, on, uh, on those kind of technologies is cheaper than uh, coal in, in Petacalco. It is not cheaper than the coal that it's used in the other plants with local coal. Local coal, uh, domestic coal is very, is very cheap. But it's also very, very dirty, very inefficient. It has a lot of ashes, and um, if you, if uh, we, we didn't uh, do that analysis, but if uh, you take into account that the quality of the coal, for sure, that the variable cost is even higher than that. But uh, for the purposes of a comparison, I think it's enough to to see that um, the auctions were really, really competitive, and that CFE saves a lot of money, a uh, really lot of money when they, if, if they were using uh, uh, the renewables instead of, the, of their own generation plants. So let me stop here and now turn it over to, to Paco Varnes. He will now uh, discuss the other part of the analysis because we didn't all, uh, we not only did the analysis with the variable cost of uh, uh, but also we did an analysis considering what would be the cost of emission. So Paco, I turn it over to you. Thank you, Paco. As Paco mentioned, uh, our analysis wouldn't be complete if we don't take into account uh, the uh, emissions uh, that uh, are derived from each of the technologies and each of the fuels that are available to uh, the Mexican uh, uh, Electricity Power Commission. Uh, we analyzed four of the major uh, emissions, uh, carbon dioxide or carbon dioxide equivalent, uh, the, the sum of uh, carbon dioxide, methane, and, and, uh, and, and other emissions uh, from the different power plants, uh, which is the first graph, which is quite important for climate change impact. And as you see, the, in terms of uh, fossil fuels, uh, the one that contributes uh, the least uh, to greenhouse uh, emissions is, uh, of course, natural gas. Uh, it's followed by fuel oil, uh, diesel, and the, 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 the most uh, contaminant uh, fuel is uh, obviously uh, coal. Uh, in terms of uh, noxes, which are important for the environment in the, the local environment uh, the, and, and the, the production of uh, the, the acid rain, but uh, particularly important in, in, in the, the formation of the uh, fog that uh, clouds uh, the cities, uh, it's uh, the, the, the one that contributes the most is diesel. Uh, coal and and, um, and fuel oil are quite important emitters as well. In terms of uh, particle emissions, which is the right one, the, the, the graph in the right, which is also very important in terms of uh, human health, it's a uh, fuel oil is the worst of all, much more than even coal. 
and uh, the lowest by far is, is uh, natural gas. And in terms of uh, sulfur dioxide, which is uh, the major producer of the acid rain that impacts on the environment, uh, both locally and, uh, and uh, regionally, because it travels uh, many kilometers before it falls down as uh, acid rain or, or becomes uh, small, uh, uh, tiny particles of uh, uh, ammonium sulfate, which uh, damages uh, health as well. By, by far the worst uh, contributor is uh, the fuel oil, particularly in Mexico, because the fuel oil that is produced in the Mexican refineries has a high concentration of sulfur, because we start with uh, Mexican oil that uh, been refined in, in our refineries that is, uh, is heavy uh, crude oil, and even the light crude oil that we have is, are, have both a, have a high concentration of sulfur. And therefore, in terms of emissions uh, that affect the environment, uh, uh, fuel oil is the worst uh, in all the in all the cases that were analyzed, and and uh, even worse than than coal in the case of the fuel oil that we are using in Mexico. But uh, how do we convert that this to a additional cost? that uh, the country has to face. And uh, we turn to the uh, analysis of equivalent variable costs, which is uh, equivalent cost is what uh, nations and, and uh, companies are, are using to analyze the long-term strategies. Uh, that is the cost that incorporates the, the real cost, the, the, the cost that uh, in terms of uh, money expended that has to be uh, faced with, as well as the cost of the uh, emissions that uh, the, product, the process, the project or whatever they are analyzing uh, is uh, emitting at the time and, and uh, putting a value to that, uh, to that to to those emissions is an expected value that they will have to face in the future uh, we took two specific cases uh, for our comparison our carbon dioxide and sulfur dioxide what we took for carbon dioxide the european uh, carbon market that is in place at the moment uh, which has been been operation for several years uh, which is uh, a carbon market that applies to the major uh, CO2 emitters uh, that were uh, in the European Union. Uh, they are all allotted a specific amount of emissions uh, each specific year, uh, calculated in, in terms of how to reach the goals that the, the European Union has uh, assumed uh, in terms of reduction of uh, uh, greenhouse uh, gases. It, as I said, each specific company, each uh, specific uh, major emitter is allotted a specific amount of CO2. And they, each uh, company at the end of the year have to uh, meet with those uh, specific uh, 
uh, amount of uh, emission allowances that they had, uh, if they were able to move forward and reduce their emissions in, in a faster place, in a faster pace, they can sell these emission allowances to other companies or other meters that have been slower to meet their, their goals and uh, are over the, the, the limit that the, they have, uh, they were allowed for that specific year. So there's a market for that and the specific value of the market in the bill of this year, uh, would, we took that value as, as a reference for the value of this emission of CO2 gases from thermal plants in Mexico that we would have to pay if we have to, we are forced to join a system like that in, in the near future, uh, particularly as part of the agreements of North America to reduce uh, their uh, uh, greenhouse emissions to the world. And the other big emission that we have in Mexico that is damaging the world, the, the environment and health are the SO2 emissions, the, the, the sulfur emission, sulfur oxide emissions that uh, are produced mostly by the, the use of uh, the Mexican fuel oil. And for that, we took as a reference, the very successful uh, market for reduction of SO2 emissions in the United States that prevailed for many years and was uh, uh, really the, the key uh, instrument that the United States uh, put in, in place to reduce uh, the impact of uh, uh, sulfur dioxide emissions that were generated in the, the uh, acid rate problem that uh, was uh, uh, affecting uh, the, the United States. Uh, and we took a price for the, for the SO2 that prevailed in that market in the time when it was uh, uh, lower, uh, more constant, as a reference, uh, we brought that uh, price to real uh, dollar values uh, at the moment. And we added for our uh, calculations, the cost of this to uh, uh, harmful emissions to the environment, uh, CO2 and SO2. And uh, on top of the real cost of the, the, the cost of the fuels, that uh, CFE has to pay at, uh, at this moment. When we add up that and calculate this variable equivalent cost, it's very clear now that uh, the clean energies that uh, CFE has at its uh, disposal as a result of the three auctions that uh, took place uh, that provide clean energy mostly from wind and uh, and uh, and solar power plants that were installed in the last uh, uh, 10 15 years and particularly as a result of the auction in the last uh, 5 years which are the ones shown to the left they have a very clear advantage of uh, any other fossil fuel technologies uh, that uh, CFE has at, at his uh, disposal, even the most efficient um, combined cycle plants with very high efficiency, close to 60%, uh, that uh, is using natural gas. 
which is the next one. Natural gas has a clear advantage over any other of the fuel oils, of the, of the fossil fuels. Coal is the next one. And uh, the last two correspond to fossil fuels, uh, to uh, uh, fuel oil, uh, which uh, is costly, is damages the, 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 the environment and affects the health of the population. And it's very clear the advantages in this graph of the use of clean energies for the supply of electricity in the Mexican environment, as opposed to what is being claimed recently by the CFE claiming that they are incurring in a loss by using by having to give access to the power grid to these power plants, clean energy power plants. Mexico will not be able to meet the goals that we have imposed in our legislation in terms of clean energy content for the next years, 25% in 2018, 30% in 2021, and 35% in 2022. That is imposed in the Mexican uh, transition uh, uh, law. And as well as uh, the goals that we have committed internationally in the Paris Agreement as part of, as part of our uh, uh, voluntary uh, uh, goals uh, that we have uh, committed to, to achieve uh, by, 30, by, by 2030. And, uh, the, the graph to the, to the right shows clearly that we are not even close in the business as usual environment to meet those goals. Uh, the first one in 2018, we're far behind. In, instead of 25% of clean energy, we uh, generated 22%. Uh, we reached the 25% limit in uh, last year but not be because we increased dramatically the, uh, the production of clean energy for power generation. Uh, as, as you can see, the green bars, which represent the, the green energy uh, generated is about, uh, is growing very slowly. Uh, it was because of the pandemic that we had a, a big reduction in power demand in, in the country, as most of the other countries in the world. And therefore, since green energies are dispatched first, and then the fossil fuels in the system in place at this moment that CFE wants to replace in the new uh, legislation, then the amount of fossil of power produced with fossil fuels was reduced and the proportion of clean energy obviously was increased. But in the business of usual mode of operation, the goal for this year of 30% and the goal of the 20, for 2024 of 35% obviously would not be able to meet. And that's in the business as usual, as I mentioned, where most of the new power plants uh, uh, using clean energy are being 
installed by the private companies, by private investment, based mostly in, in solar and, and wind uh, plants. At this moment, we have in the country about uh, 26,000 megawatts of uh, clean energy or, or renewable energy plants uh, installed in Mexico. Half of that, and it's exactly half and half, half of that is in place in, in, a, in a CFE power plants, mostly a high uh, or large uh, uh, hydro uh, uh, plants built uh, up to 10 years ago. Probably one was built more recently and a smaller part, about 10% of the, of, the, of the CFE uh, uh, source of uh, clean energy is uh, geothermal power plants that haven't been increased in capacity in the last uh, 15 years. The other half of the renewable energy capacity that we have in place have been installed by the, by the, the private investment. In the last uh, 10 years, at an accelerating pace in the last uh, few years, uh, as a result of the energy reform of the last administration, and as I mentioned, mostly in wind and, uh, and, and solar. And uh, that investment is the one that is being paralyzed at the moment by the initiatives put in place by the federal government, uh, both in terms of restrictions of uh, private industry to participate in, in the market, in the power market, as well as uh, the uh, uh, threaten uh, uh, the new, uh, the threat of the new initiative uh, to cancel the contracts of the existing uh, uh, power plants, as well as uh, the, the, the idea that CFE has of to modify the dispatch system to instead of dispatching those plants that have the least uh, 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 the least uh, cost for dispatch. Uh, the, what they want to put in place is a system where they dispatch first the power plants uh, operated by CFE and then the power plants of the uh, private investments. And we analyze a specific case of what is going on with this uh, problem that Mexico is facing of not uh, being able to export anymore uh, the fuel oil produced in, in the Mexican uh, refineries to, to the international market that was being used mostly for uh, in the last years for, for fuel oil, uh, for, for uh, ocean transportation. In Mexico, the, the use of fuel oil has been abandoned by everybody. Uh, not only the, the industry has uh, moved to, to natural gas uh, wherever they, they could, and most of the industries is operating on the natural gas at the moment. Even Petróleos Mexicanos, Pemex in the refineries prefer to burn natural gas instead of their own fuel oil uh, because of cost and environmental issues and maintenance cost. And the only place left in the country to push the fuel oil that we cannot export is uh, in the 
power plants that the all power plants that CAP has at, at their disposal. A specific case is the case of Petacalco. It's a modern the, the, of the three coal plants that we have in Mexico. It's the most modern one. It is comprised of six units of uh, 350 megawatts each with 35% efficiency. On one unit, the larger one, which is supercritical, uh, the most recent one operating with 41%. That fortunately cannot operate on uh, with, with fuel oil. Uh, they are designed, all of them, to operate with high quality imported coal. But the first six units uh, may operate with fuel oil in an emergency. They are able to burn in, in uh, uh, to feed it to the burners fuel oil instead of coal. And see if he has been doing that for the last uh, 12 months or more than that. Just in terms of the difference in cost between the official price of fuel oil sold in Mexico, reported by the energy ministry, and the cost of the imported coal put in, in, in the power plant, that represents a loss of uh, 1,200 million US dollars per year. That's the cost of a very large uh, combined cycle plant, one per year. We're losing the capacity to put that. But worse than that, the SO2 emissions generated by the use of uh, fuel oil instead of coal, uh, we are generating close to 1,000 tons per day of uh, SO2, which turn in more than 1,200 tons per day of sulfuric acid in the atmosphere, the main source of acid rain in the country, which has a large potential for impact on environment and on health of the population. And even worse for CFE, this coal plant is not designed to operate on a normal, consistent uh, way with the fuel oil, uh, and therefore is not able to cope with the co internal corrosion that uh, the fuel oil with high sulfur is generated in the plant. About one to 2% of the SO2 that is generated in the plant is transformed into SO3, sulfur trioxide by way of the catalytic impact of the pentoxide, the, the vanadium pentoxide that is uh, deposited in the walls uh, for interchange, uh, to, to interchange heat and recover heat uh, at the exit of the, of, the, of the boiler. And why is that? Because fuel oil in Mexico not only has high content of sulfur, but, because, but also it has a high content of uh, vanadium, uh, which transforms in uh, pentoxide and uh, deposits in the heat exchange surfaces. And that produces SO3 that reacts with water and produces sulfuric acid, which uh, it, it produces uh, an accelerated corrosion on the heat exchange surfaces, as they discovered uh, when they had to stop uh, the plants uh, because there was a, a, a local problem of uh, restri that uh, restricted the, the 
the flow of uh, the, the, the transportation of fuel oil from the refineries in Tula and Salamanca uh, of fuel oil to the operation of Petacalco. And the question at the end is why a fuel that can no longer be burned in the middle of the ocean? Uh, all of the countries in the world, Mexico included, agree that fuel oil with this uh, high content of sulfur shouldn't be burned in the middle of the ocean because of the environmental impact. Now we have decided to use it in power plants located newly highly populated locations, creating economic problem, health problem, an environmental problem, and now also a problem of to we have to modify the legislation and modify the way we dispatch the power plants in order to be able to use more fuel oil in our in our power plants. Thank you, Paco. Now let me um, I'll do start. I'll continue from here, and uh, we'll talk also about. Uh, the last uh, case study that uh, we did, uh, which was uh, uh, focused on Baja California Sur. As I mentioned in the, break, in, in the beginning uh, of the presentation, when we compared the rates and uh, variable cost of different uh, technologies used by CFE, uh, there was a, uh, it was really clear that uh, CFE uh, was losing a lot of money, uh, both in uh, Bajio, but also in the Yucatan Peninsula. But if you if you take a view into what's going on in Baja California Sur, uh, what you will see is that uh, this is the worst case. And uh, you, you can see here that, unfortunately, in Baja California Sur, uh, CFE is not able to recover the, the cost of uh, using uh, uh, fuel oil or using uh, diesel, which are the fuels that are used mainly by CFE there. Uh, right now, they are bringing some natural gas into the peninsula, but still that is not enough and they will continue losing money. And um, why is that? Well, because uh, most of the capacity of CFE there will still use fuel oil. They have in La Paz, which is basically where most of the capacity is located. Uh, they have 210 megawatts of fuel oil uh, operating as internal combustion machines. They also have these uh, open cycle steam uh, plants that also use fuel oil and the gas turbines. Well, they're using diesel. They could use gas, but uh, uh, we will see. And, um, uh, you know, those gas turbines are used only uh, during peak hours. And um, so uh, really, there's a, a big, big opportunity in uh, Baja California Sur to uh both uh, reduce cost and also have a better environment using renewables. Renewables and distributed generation are really a cost-effective alternative for the peninsula, and, uh, and that is really important when you when you take into account uh, the estimated emissions of uh, of uh, year 2020, which were really high. Uh, we are talking about. Uh, uh, 1,300 uh, million tons of uh, CO2 equivalent and uh, 1,600 tons of sulfur dioxide. Uh, and uh, when, when we use the, the, the same uh, cost that uh, Paco was mentioning uh, before, uh, this amounts to 90 million US dollars. 
so it, this is a lot of money and really there's a, a huge opportunity to convert uh, the uh, electric system in that part, uh, save money and really uh, uh, improve the, the environment in, in that region. So now let me finalize with the conclusions. I will uh, talk about the first two conclusions. Paco Barnes will cover the rest. But uh, as we have been showing, it's really clear that um, uh, the, uh, the variable generation costs of uh, fuel oil and diesel, uh, the, the plants uh, used by CFE cannot be recovered uh, with their uh, current rate structure. And uh, this is not going to change. The current rate structure is designed to be efficient. And uh, of course, it incentivizes to use uh, cleaner and efficient technologies. And um, But uh, the good thing is that CFE has uh, already contracted uh, through the long-term auctions clean energy that can save uh, them money. And they should, uh, at least this is our opinion, they should continue doing that instead of uh, using more fuel oil, which is uh, basically the result of having excess production of fuel oil as a result in turn of uh, producing more gasoline in, in the old refineries in the countries, instead of that, they could still they could stop that, and they could stop uh, they could start using more renewables. They would save money, and they would improve the the, the environment. And uh, now, let me turn it to to you, Paco. Yes, the, it's it's clear from what we showed that uh, the clean energy portfolio goals that. Uh, in Mexico are mandated by law and we were committed by Mexico in international agreements, appeared to be impossible to, to be impossible to achieve even under normal circumstances. But we will get much farther from that, from those goals, if we modify the, the scheme of dispatch of the, of the power plants to dispatch first the CFE plants uh, other uh, rather than, than the clean energy uh, uh, power plants uh, the, in the hands of the private uh, in, uh, private investment. Power plants fueled by coal or fuel oil instead of natural gas generate, generate not only more greenhouse gas emissions, but also much larger amounts of other ha very harmful pollutants, such as uh, SO2 and noxious and particulate matter. Imposing the use of fuel oil instead of natural gas has been is being done in Mexico or imported coal as was done in, in Petacalco is uh, causing important economic losses even to, to the power company as well as significant damage to human health and environment. And as I mentioned before, it's a significant contradiction that the fuel that is no longer allowed to be used in the middle of the ocean is uh, been used in densely populated locations to fuel power plants. Well, thank you very much to the two Pacos, to Francisco Barnes and Francisco Salazar. We, uh, we greatly appreciate the summary of the report. Um, we do have an opportunity now uh, to get into some of the questions and, and thank you all very much. But let me jump in uh, and, and abuse the moderator's prerogative here and, and, and ask Francisco Salazar a question. And I want to take advantage of this uh, amazing coincidence uh, that when we planned this report launch today several weeks ago, uh, it ended up on the same day that the three leaders from uh, Canada, United States, and Mexico are meeting in Washington. So let's go back up to a 32,000-foot view. 
um, in, 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 in taking this research and analysis. But what does this signify for the broader question of North American economic competitiveness and economic integration? Um, and obviously, as you answer the North American question, um, as you finalize that thought, what does it mean, uh, obviously, for competitiveness in Mexico, but sustainability of CFE? And if the new reforms are passed, what's it mean for the sustainability of Mexico's electric sector more broadly or more importantly? Paco Salazar, um, what do you think? Over to you on this 32,000 foot view of, uh, of, yeah. of, of the question. Well, I think uh, if CFE does not uh, change or this government does not change its policy of uh, using more fuel oil instead of uh, renewables, uh, it will hurt the country. It will hurt Mexico. It will hurt its competitiveness. And um, of course, uh, it will have a, a lot of uh, impacts uh, throughout the economy because uh, the problem with uh, with fuel oil compared to, to uh, renewables and even compared with uh, with with uh, natural gas, is that it's really expensive, and uh, I'm I'm not going to talk right now immediately about the, about the environmental uh, uh, impacts, which are terrible, and Paco has already mentioned those. But uh, the problem is that uh, the the cost of using those fuels, the cost of using fuel oil is really, really uh, high. We have uh, performed an, uh, an analysis, and you remember, Jeremy, uh, this is an analysis what we shared also for the Institute of the Americas. Using fuel oil can uh, mean something like around 2,000, uh, 2 billion, two, between two and $3 billion more of cost per year in the country. And uh, who's going to pay for that? Uh, if they don't increase the rates, uh, it is the industry that will pay for that. And of course, the industry is competing uh, with the rest of the world. Uh, a lot of American and Canadian companies have uh, uh, been have moved down to Mexico because there were uh, resources there. There was a, a economic uh, cost of labor. There were opportunities of uh, bringing down those investments. Uh, but uh, with a uh, high cost of energy, those investments will not be sustainable. And not only that, uh, uh, right now after COP26 and uh, these uh, conscience around uh, the world leaders about doing something about uh, climate change, I'm pretty sure uh, the restrictions uh, will be uh, each uh, it will be uh, will become more and more strict uh, to export goods that are not produced with clean energy. So it will really impact the economy directly, indirectly. It will uh, hurt the industry. It will hurt the taxpayers, uh, the consumers. It's a terrible mistake. And uh, unfortunately, what we have just shown is uh, uh, the main content of the of the bill that has been presented by the president. And uh, so uh, the worst is that uh, if that uh, bill is approved by Congress, uh, what we would have is this uh, is a uh, something that it's uh, already an obligation. Right now, there are a lot of companies that are fighting this uh, through uh, in uh, through the courts, and they, they've they've been winning. Uh, but uh, the problem is that uh, if the law is changed, uh, it, uh, I mean the, the the chances to revert that will be very low, and the country and CFE itself will be hurt because CFE will be paying more and politically increasing the rates and increasing the cost will not be sustainable. 
No, and, and, and obviously, and I think that there, there was a question in the, in the chat, but I think we'll come back to the, the issue of if there is an increase of cost, it's not going to be passed necessarily to most consumers, uh, average citizens in Mexico. There will have to be subsidization. There will have to be federal budget allocation. Um, let, let's come back to that because I, I want to go back to where I go to Francisco Barnes. Um, thank you. Thank you, Paco Salazar, on that. It's 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 very evident and very alarming. Um, Paco Barnes, you talked very specifically uh, about the um, clean energy mandates, the clean energy commitments, the portfolio goals and standards, uh, both in terms of 2021 and 2024. You you were very clear that it's very unlikely to that, that those uh, will be met, especially as the recovery uh, increases demand and consumption. So explain the possible consequences, because what I'm very interested in here is, and again, we have the context of the leaders meeting and we have the context of the Biden administration being very, very forward leaning uh, on clean energy commitments and, and particularly, obviously, in the, on the heels of Glasgow. So what's the consequence for Mexico if they don't meet that, um, both domestically uh, and in the context of North America? Uh, well, uh, first, let, let me explain that uh, on the business as usual, there has been a slowdown in the implementation of the new solar and uh, uh, wind energy plans that uh, the private investment was putting in place in Mexico. And since the the, the only resources that uh, CFE has, uh, water and, and geothermal, are not moving much, it's going to be very difficult to meet them, even if we, we don't change uh, uh, many things. Uh, if we modify the environment, the, 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 the legal framework as it is proposed by the federal government, then this private investment in solar and wind will stop completely. Uh, CFE will have the full load of meeting the environmental goals that we have. Uh, th what they are proposing to do is to uh, repower their, their, their hydros, uh, uh, the hydro, uh, hydro system, uh, which will allow them to put in place probably another 500 megawatts of, uh, power, uh, of power generation with, with hydros which will not account for much. And they are not doing anything in terms of the geothermal power plants. Mm -hmm. CFE was forced to participate in, in, a, in a solar project initiated by uh, the recently elected uh, governor of Sonora, which has uh, one of his uh, key projects is a solar plant. Right. And uh, convinced the president and CFE was forced to participate in this. But even with the one single solar plant will not change the, the, the environment. Well, they, that, that plant so, is claimed to be a thousand megawatts. Uh, we won't be able to meet our requirements. Uh, furthermore, all the companies, Mexican and international companies that are operating through in Mexico that have these ambitious goals with the customers, with the investors, uh, with the suppliers of becoming cleaner in the future, yeah, will have a big drawback yeah. because they, they have, at this moment, they have exceeded the average uh, uh, generation of, of, of clean energy because they, they have invested heavily in, in new 
uh, clean uh, power plants. Yeah. If this legislation goes on, then they will be again customers of CFE and receive just plain vanilla in terms of uh, uh, a clean uh, content. So there will be a big drawback in terms of where they are positioned now. And of course, will be unable to meet with the goals that they have already put in place. Uh, in And that's just assuming that uh, we are only in the world and, and there are no more restrictions. But we're part of the North American uh, scheme of, uh, of development. Right. The US the and, and Canada are taking the leadership again in, yeah. in uh, meeting with climate change and moving forward and imposing strict measures yeah. to reduce the amount of fuels, uh, of fuels uh, fossil fuels used in all, all, all along the economy. Uh, and Mexico will be out of space with the, with the efforts of the two major partners right. that Mexico has at this moment. So, so uh, we will pay much more in terms of competition and future investment if we take this, this, this road. Well, we have to wrap up, but I want to say that we, we, we understand that the vote on the initiativa, the, the proposed new law, is not until April next year. Um, we hope that this report and this analysis, in addition to the comments that, that we've just heard from our co-authors, will continue to inform and shape the debate in Mexico. And to your point, Paco Barnes, perhaps what we saw in the draft initiative uh, for the law changes a bit to perhaps uh, uh, incorporate some of those elements you just noted, which remains uh, you know, in line with the goals, but also allows for still some of the clean energy and particularly consumer choice um, that's so important. So fingers crossed, we hope for an informed and in, 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 in positive debate as Mexico goes forward uh, in terms of the electric sector reform. Um, from the Institute of the Americas, we're always delighted to be part of this public policy debate. And we wanna again thank Francisco Salazar and Francisco Barnes for their wonderful work and effort to uh, prepare this report um, together with the Institute of the Americas. And we wanna thank UCTV for hosting us today and, and collaborating. Um, and again, thanks everyone who joined us. Thank you so much for all of the questions. It was almost impossible to respond to everyone. Thank you all, have a wonderful day. You've been listening to a podcast by University of California Television. For more information about this program or UCTV, visit us online at uctv.tv.